Thank you for listening to the Limitless Spirit Podcast. This is the conversation about faith, hope, and the impact we're designed to make as Christians on the world around us. Your host, Helen Todd, the Vice President of World Missions Alliance, has spent over two decades traveling to the world's hotspots to meet the spiritual and physical needs of those who are desperate. She interviews guests from different walks of life whose stories, books, and ideas examine today's most pressing issues and challenges of being a Christian today and inspire you to action. 16 years old, I was introduced to starting to smoke marijuana. It wasn't long after that where drugs ruled my life. Marijuana was my idol. It was what I loved. I loved smoking pot. I was getting high 24-7, literally. It was my lifestyle. It was just the way it was. Paul Amendola had a completely drug-centered lifestyle. For 25 years, he smoked marijuana regularly and even sold it to others. Along the way, Paul's wife divorced him, but he never really felt bad about the way he was living until he came to know Jesus. I'm Helen Todd, the host of the Limitless Spirit podcast. Thank you for listening. It was a series of crazy events that led Paul to Christ and to realize that God was calling him to something greater than selling drugs. So Paul has been on fire for the Lord ever since serving on mission trips and telling people in his community about Jesus. He's going to share all about that with us on this episode. I hope his story will remind you that no one is too bad to be forgiven and changed by the love of God. Hi, Paul. How are you doing today? Oh, I'm doing awesome. How are you doing, Helen? I'm doing great. Thank you for coming on the podcast. I'm, I'm excited to tell your story today. So how are you feeling about this year 2021? I'm actually feeling really good about it. You know, a new season. I believe the Lord was totally in charge last year and he's still in charge this year. So I I think that the door is just going to really open up for everybody. You know, I'm, I'm pretty hopeful too. I really stepped into this year with big expectations. I feel like this is what the Lord has been speaking to Chuck and myself. And even though this first week of 2021 has been rather interesting and there's really nothing that we can base this hope on, that's that's the beauty of faith, right? It doesn't base itself on the things that are visible necessarily. And I, I'm thankful for my faith especially right now at this moment, because it it centers me. We walk by faith and not by sight. The last year was challenging, especially for World Mission Alliance and everyone that does missions. But as you know, and everybody else knows, God was saying, pause. You and Chuck probably don't get to spend too much time with your family. You're always on the go. You're going to different countries. And I believe the year of 2020 was a a year of pause. And God always has it worked out. And like you said, we walk by faith and not by sight. So he's got it all mapped out, doesn't he? Well, and actually, it has been a pretty great year for us. Uh, We still were able to do four foreign mission trips. 
We have been able to do some domestic outreaches, um, develop this podcast, if nothing else. <laughs> so it has been a very, very good year as far as missions work is concerned. And I think that 2021 is even going to be more exciting. But I'm excited to talk about your story because I think it's uh, very hopeful and uh, very encouraging. And so let's just dive into it. So I, when you sent me your pre-interview answers, I didn't realize that you were the youngest in your family and your mom was 49 when you were born. That's quite, quite a miracle. A lot of people would view that as a mistake. Was it a mistake? I mean, obviously she wasn't planning on it. No, no. I mean, there's a my next sibling is 12 years older than me, so that was definitely not planned at all. Again, no mistakes when you're talking about God. Absolutely. So how did it feel growing up as a baby of the family when your youngest sibling is 12 years older than you and your other siblings were basically like parents to you? Were you a spoiled baby? Spoiled baby. My brother, who's who had five kids, two of his kids, one's older than me. And then the other one is, I think, a month older. So it was weird. My mom was pregnant and his wife was pregnant at the same time. You know, that that was weird. But growing up, I remember, yeah, being spoiled. I hate to say it this way, but I, I believe I was the mama's boy. I remember my dad being on the couch more than anything. He was way older than my mom. He was in his 60s when I was born. So I was I was raised by my mom and my sister, Michelle. But I had a great, great growing up life. Very happy family, very connected family. It was all good growing up. So are you Italian by heritage? So was it like a typical Italian family where you had pasta dinners and all that? Yeah, it was. I mean, they loved to cook. They loved to bake. Yeah, it was pasta almost definitely every week we had pasta. So, yeah, it was definitely, I remember my uh, aunts and uncles, my mom's sisters were big bakers, those meatball cookies and and all the Italian style cookies, but it was a great childhood. I can't complain at all. Well, then tell me how from that great and fun childhood and close-knit family, you ended up in drugs. Yeah, it was uh, not long after that, about 16 years old, I was introduced to starting to smoke marijuana. From there, I just started to drink alcohol. At that point, I, you know, I was obviously in denial, but I was having a great time. I was partying all the time. I remember coming home wasted. My mom was still alive at this point. And she, she's like, you been drinking again? You know, here I'm, I'm only like 18. Like, yeah, you know. And um, it wasn't long after that where drugs ruled my life. So did you did you transition to something worse than marijuana then eventually? 
I did try like acid, shrooms, and coke, but marijuana was my idol. My I it was my idol. I started to deal marijuana once I got my feet wet and dealing. I dealt for 25 years. I had a, a close circle of people that came and got weed for me. It was my lifestyle. I mean, I had a job on the side, but I was the man as what most people would call. I was working for two different dealers. Looking back, no good. But while I was in it, it was what I loved. I loved smoking pot. I was getting high 24-7, literally. It was my lifestyle. It was just the way it was. As far as dealing drugs, did you have some brushes with the law enforcement or it was all smooth sailing? It was literally smooth sailing. Very, like I said, it was a, it was a small group of people that I dealt with. So yeah, I didn't, nobody really, I don't think they knew about me. I believe looking back, it was God's hand of protection over me because when I went and re-upped, meaning when I went to the two dealers' houses, I would pick up about a three to four pounds of weed and bring it home. It would take me about a month to go through that much. And that, it, back then, that's felony. Uh, I could have been in jail. So God's hand was over me, even though he wasn't in my life at that point. Hmm, and that went on for 25 years. 25 years. I actually lost a wife due to that lifestyle, was married for seven years, and she just had enough of people coming over every day, every day, people coming over, you know, and and I still didn't see it. I was like, well, you knew what I was about in the beginning, so this is how it is. So she ended up leaving me. We I didn't still didn't see an issue with it. Looking back now, man, was I was I was just so wrong. But she ended up divorcing me and I just kept dealing and my drinking was on and off. I would quit and then I would jump back on the horse and drink again. So through that time, did you feel at any point that this is really ruining you or it happened all at once? It happened all at once. I I met another woman, and she was a big Christian junkie. And wait, wait I thought what? she was nuts. Christian junkie. <laughs> <laughs> you have to explain that. <laughs> she was all about Jesus. She uh, played Christian music at her office, and I was just like, "Who are you?" You know, I would mock her, like. Are you kidding me? Oh, you should try it. You should come to church with me on Thursday nights. And for a while, I didn't want to hear about it. I just did my own thing. And so, so were you dating her or she was just a friend? Well, we were friends at first. We started dating. And, and she knew that you were a drug dealer or she didn't? No, she did. I was up front with her. But I think in her heart, she was like, I'm going to change this man. And with God's help, she succeeded. 
Wow. Wow. Well, how, how, tell me, this is pretty, pretty amazing. So she, she got me to come to church. I started coming in Thursday nights and I remember them even looking at me like, who's this guy? Rough looking dude, ponytail. And as I entered the Lord's house, one of those, I, I liked it. I was like, wow, this is really nice. You know, this is cool. And I ended up giving my heart to Jesus. So so have you ever been to church before or that was your first time? I grew up Catholic. So I was Catholic. I was a, one of the main altar boys. My family was strict Catholic. In my younger years, yeah, we went to church every Sunday. I knew God. I loved God. But I never pursued God. So I end up giving my heart to Jesus. This was back in 2010. And that day when he entered me, I'm still dealing. I'm still smoking weed. I'm still doing me. But God started to work in the inside of me. And as I kept coming to church, as I kept seeking him, I started to feel convicted for what I was doing. And I'll never forget this, Helen. I was at work. I was working for a land surveyor at the time. It's a family business. And I I was, you know, just a green Christian. I was like, I don't know, Lord. I don't know how to get out of dealing. How am I going to get out of this? You work for two people. It, it's just hard. You don't just say... I'm done dealing because you just, it, it just doesn't work that way. And I, I said, Lord, I, I don't know how to do this. You, if you really want me, you have to make a way out of this situation. So I prayed that prayer and I'll never forget this. So I was out of weed. I had to go re-up. And I came home with three pounds of weed. I went to work that morning, left the house the next morning, came back. And I lived in an old farmhouse in the country and things were different. I come home. There was a broken window in the door. Huh, well, that's weird. The lights on in my bedroom. Huh, what the heck? What's going on? Right away, I just kind of knew, wait a minute, something's off here. My cat was freaked out. I walk in, there's glass everywhere. Well, sure enough, I walk in. My clients knew I kept my weed, my stash in my bedroom. So they knew where it was. So I got broken into and all my weed was gone. Now, I don't know this till later. My guns are there, my money's there. My, I had an engagement ring there. Everything, material, there. Weed, gone. $6,000 worth of weed, gone. I'm freaked out. I don't believe this is God. You know, this is a coincidence. You know, so I, I still continue to deal. I, I cut the one guy out, and I said, well, I'll just deal smaller. Three weeks later, I was hit again. That was it for me, Helen. My eyes were open. 
I knew this was the Lord. There is no way I get hit three, three weeks later. Now he made a way out. That was the beginning of the fire. And once he opened that door, now I'm still smoking weed at this point. I'm like, now he's got my attention. I said, okay, Lord, I smoke for 25 plus years. Every single day I'm getting high. I'm going to take a step of faith. I'm going to believe that you're going to heal my addiction. I'm going to give all everything away. I gave all my weed away. And I, I remember praying in the backyard, looking up to heaven and said, I need your help. I can't quit on my own. I quit cold turkey that day. The only setback was I couldn't sleep for about two weeks because that was just the marijuana burning out of my system. He healed me from my addiction and he made a way out when I could not see a way out. And what I call that is a godsidence. Not a coincidence, it's a godsidence. That is incredible. How did you get out of that debt that you owed for the weed that was stolen? Yeah, I'm glad you asked that question. <laughs> the both dealers, the one guy was really upset. And I said, look it, bro, I've, I've pushed your weed for years. You've made hundreds of thousands of dollars off of me. There's nothing you can do. What are you going to do? Call the police on me? You, ain't, you can't do nothing. And the other guy, he realized, you know what? It is what it is. For them, it's really not a huge loss because they're big time dealers. So it kind of, it just kind of went away. Man, this is not how it happens in real life. I was, I was thinking your life was threatened and I don't know, you had to like slave for them. No, I was, uh, Grace was right there. God really made a way. They just kind of disappeared. You know, it, it went away. The debt went away and I don't even talk to them anymore. But at that point in my life, they knew I met business. I was done and there was really nothing they can do about it. So praise God. Wow. So you got a complete clean slate. You quit dealing, you quit smoking. Now what? Well, now what? Now, so now I'm, I remember I'll never, I'm in the church now. I'm pursuing God. He's got my attention big time. I'll never forget sitting in the, the pews here at City Church, and I felt the Lord say, I want you to get involved in the sound booth. I want you to start serving. It was it burned on my heart. Oh, all right. And so I started serving. When I started serving for him, doors started to open for me. After that, I will tell you, I did land with... Uh, third stage colon cancer, not to really get involved in it too much here, but it was an eight, eighth month, eight month journey of him healing me completely. So in with that drugs and then starting to serve with my church. And then I was out of commission for about eight months. Uh, God healed me from cancer. And then from there, 
God inserted a fire in me that has never left. So as I started to serve at the church, that's when World Mission Alliance happened to come. That was the first time you guys came here. And I'll never forget it because there was no way when you were like, come on down, whoever wants to go on a mission trip, come on down. And I felt the Lord pushing me there. I did not go down to the altar. And I went home. I had grabbed a pamphlet you guys had. And I just felt the Lord burning on my heart to go. He kept, he just kept saying India in my heart, which I still, at that point, I still didn't know the voice of, of God yet. India, I kept, India, where, what? I looked a little closer, and that's that's where Nepal stuck out. Nepal's on the border of India. And I got on my hands and knees that day. I started to weep. And I said, if the creator of the universe is calling Paul Amendola to go to India, I feel the Lord right now go to India, I will be honored to do that first mission trip, 33 hours there. I was, that was my step there where my story began. Wow. Well, before we dive into some of your adventures on the mission trip, what happened to that lady that brought you initially to church? Are you, did you remain in contact with her? Uh, yes, we're very good friends to this day. Uh, we dated for about three years. She got me. Actually, she was a big part of that whole cancer journey. And after the Lord healed me, we just kind of went our separate ways. To this day, we are very good friends, very close, which I'm very I'm blessed because a lot of people don't do that. When they split, they kind of go their own ways and you never see them again. But she's a big part of my life. She's actually married now. And um, yeah, she she was a huge part of my story. Wow. She ended up being like an angel in your life and, and in tr- I mean, literally changing, helping you change your life around. So Nepal was your first mission trip. Unfortunately, I was not on that trip with you. You were with Chuck on that trip. Um, And since then, there have been many more. Let's just think of one or two craziest memories from these adventures. They can be crazy in a good way or a bad way. Well, I'd like to talk about the the healing in Nepal that really, I mean, God had my attention, but this, this healing that happened really changed, molded me uh, who I am today. Um, Chuck had me speaking in front of 200 Napoleons in the middle of nowhere. We're in the brush, actually. They don't even speak English. There's about 200 of them. I'll never, he had a bunch of us speaking, but he wanted me to speak that day too. I'll never forget it. I get up. I don't have notes. I always just go by what the Holy Spirit's going to lead me that day. It was all about love, speaking about how much 
the U.S. team loved these people so much that he brought us to them. And at the end, I said, if anyone wants a touch from God to come up here and, and ask for a touch of God. So I get done speaking and this old farmer who can barely walk comes up to the platform and he asks for healing. His leg is bowed out. He can barely walk. As you know, they don't have tractors. It's all ox and plows and they're hardworking people. And so they call me down there and a bunch of us prayed for this man. They actually asked me to pray out loud, which the first time I ever done that. And so I did. I prayed healing in Jesus' name. I called on Jesus. Helen, his leg straightened right up, right in front of our eyes. We saw a miracle take place at the when God got done doing what he did. This guy was running up and down the grass field, jumping up and down. He, he was so amazed on how God touched him that day. And that blew, not only blew me out of the water, it blew the team. It was a momentum for the team. All them people gave their hearts to Jesus that day. It was amazing. Wow. I, you know, over 20 years on the mission field and... Each time I hear a story like this, it just fills my heart with such love towards Jesus and the way how he loves his people and, and, and the honor that he uses us, you know, to do something like this. Well, how did that make you feel? Fire. I just was like on fire. That I'll never forget that day. It, that started at seven in the morning. We didn't end till nine at night. And it was, I, I've never felt that before. That was probably the, and I hate to use this term, but the best high I've ever had in my life. God high. Amen. It's a good thing that you use that word, actually, because it just shows that there is nothing in the world, nothing worldly, good or bad, from the world's point of view, can satisfy our need for something like God. And your need in your worldly life was that high. You lived for the high and you gave it up for God. And then God showed you that he can give you a high, only it's much better. <laughs> so that's actually very cool. Any other stories that come to mind? Oh, yeah. Egypt was awesome. How One of the stories that still stays with me we went to the pyramids to just look, and on the bus, Chuck was like, well, let's not do any, you know, ministering today. And I was like, all right, you know. And in my head, I'm like, all right, Lord, just send me one person, just one person to bring to Jesus. We're, you know, we're looking at the sites and this. I had a, I actually wrapped a turban around my head just to be funny. And this guy, he was uh, Egyptian. He was on a horse. He kept following me everywhere we went. There he was. He, Let me fix your turban. A dollar. You know, he, he kept bugging me, you know. And I, I'm, no, no, I'm good. I'm good. He kept everywhere we went. There he was. There he was. And I felt the Lord say, hello, I'm sending you this guy. It clicked. I'm like, oh, my gosh. So I said, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
we're right in front of a, a, a pyramid. I said, yeah, yeah, please do. He wanted to get paid. I said, silver or gold, I have not. But what I have for you is the word of God. Have you ever heard of Jesus? He Now, this is, just blows my mind. He says, I have never heard of this Jesus. You're in Egypt. You never heard of Jesus? I told him about who Jesus was. John 3, 16, that God sent his only son to save the world, you and me. I explained all this to him. I got done. He's got tears in his eyes. He accepted Jesus that day. That was awesome. Wow, that's quite a miracle, too, because quite a few people get hustled by the pyramids, <laughs> by people wanting to sell them souvenirs or, you know, get money one way or the other. But what a divine appointment. That is incredible. Just crazy. And I just love, love mission work. I mean, it's just. Well, and knowing you, Paul, you're just as active in your own community uh, in sharing the gospel as you are when you're on the mission field. And so do you feel that through this experience, you have connected to your greater purpose? Yes, yes, absolutely. Being here now, home, my job is working with people constantly. And people know me as the praying guy. Oh, there's the pride. I've prayed for many, many people a lot of drug addicts, a lot of people here, broken, hurting, you name it. I've brought many, many, many people to the Lord. It's amazing to actually say, I definitely know my purpose on this earth. It's a thing that many people seek, but not many people find. And I feel like a person who finds their greater purpose is truly a happy person. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. Absolutely. Being in the mission outside of the country, amazing. But being here inside the country, on the streets, just as amazing. Every time I lead someone to the Lord or pray for someone or loving the unlovable, God just pours into me his blessings of joy and peace. And it's just a, a... spiritual wealth that he's blessed me with. That's awesome. Thank you so much, Paul, for sharing your story. I look forward to more missions adventures with you, whether it's here in the United States or somewhere half across the world. Oh, this was an honor, Helen, always to glorify God. But when you asked me to do this, I was like, wow, this this is all God. Again, no coincidence, God-sidence. What an honor to share my story. I, I believe it was a divine appointment for the time we're in for people to take in what I've gone through, and there's always hope for people. You know, Paul, there are people, I, I'm glad you mentioned that this, is, this is, was a God-ordained thing because there are people listening to this podcast in over 54 different countries. And who knows, there might be someone listening today that maybe is facing similar challenges that you once faced in your life. And what an awesome thing for them to know that God is there and God is listening. And if they're willing to just make that step of faith towards him, 
is going to embrace them and completely change their life. Absolutely. Absolutely. I believe that. Are you looking for that joy and peace that Paul was talking about? It comes only from knowing God and living out your identity as his child. Paul also said that he feels that joy and peace when he carries out his greater purpose, which is telling others about Jesus. And he wants to invite you to do the same thing. On our website, rfwma.org, you can learn more about getting involved with one of our mission trips. Also, you can get information about the Greater Purpose Conference coming up in May of 2021. It's going to be an amazing gathering of people just like Paul who have a heart for the harvest, which means they want to see people around the world come to know Jesus. As we enter this year, it could be a new season in your own life, one where you are more confident in your purpose as a follower of Christ. Again, go to rfwma.org to learn more. Thank you so much for listening to The Limitless Spirit. I'm Helen Todd. Limitless Spirit is produced by World Missions Alliance. If you believe in the importance of the Great Commission, sharing Christ around the world and helping those in need, check out our website, rfwma.org. If you liked what you heard, consider supporting the Limitless Spirit podcast by going to rfwma.org slash give. Subscribe to the podcast on your favorite platform and leave us a review. Tune in next week for another exciting episode.